Welcome to Plus Size Stories. In this podcast, we are going to tell the story of normal people like you and me who are on a weight loss journey and the different things that they've gone through to kind of give humanity to weight loss and to not exploit people, but rather tell about their own journey and struggles. Tonight, we talk with Charles. Charles is a 45-year-old man from Atlanta, Georgia, and he has had weight trouble his entire life. Here we go with Charles. Uh, Today, we talk with Charles, the rock god of podcasting. He's a 45-year-old man from Atlanta, Georgia, and we will look into his weight loss journey, his situation, and everything that surrounds that. Charles, welcome today. How are you? (laughs) I'm good, Kurt. I can't help but think of the joke when you say that everything that surrounds that, it's like, no, it's fat. We, we can be honest here. This is a safe space. It is fat. It's okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, <laughs> tell, tell everybody a little bit about you. Uh, where, where'd you grow up? Oh, man, I grew up in uh, South Georgia, like deep South Georgia on the Florida line um, for most of my life. Camilla, little little state uh, road town is all that is. We had a Dairy Queen and a Walmart. And that was a big deal. Whoa. Uh, you know, little house. You could- if you can only have two things, Dairy Queen and Walmart, it's not so bad. I mean, they weren't. This is back in the day when Walmart was new, so we thought it was king. Um, and Huddle House was a big deal when it opened. We get steak and shrimp and eggs and bacon at the same time. Wow. And, uh, yeah, Dairy Queen was the jam, though. Uh, and then Tifton, Georgia, for a while, for a long while. That's most, you know, all that's below the Nat line, if uh, you're familiar with mid-Georgia. Not at all. <laughs> so do you know, you don't know what a Nat is, do you? No. It's well, the oh, worst uh, you're thing about for the a little, fat kid. You're talking about the little bugs. Yep. G-N-A-T. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. I am familiar with those. They are terrible. They're <laughs> the worst. Because when you're a fat little kid trying to get away from them, you can't run fast enough. It's sad. Right. I'm not sure you have to be fat for that to happen. But <laughs> <laughs> They're the worst, though, right? They are yeah. the worst. I just happen to be a fat kid, but sure. Right. So, um, so... You, so you pretty much have lived in, in Georgia your whole life? Yeah, I was born in Orlando. Uh, oh. Don't remember it. And I mean, <laughs> that sounded stupid. You know, don't remember being bored. I don't mean I don't. We didn't live in Orlando long enough for me to remember. That's what I'm saying. Then my dad went to seminary in, in uh, Louisiana, New Orleans. And I remember that somewhat. And then, yeah, most of my memories come from when I was five, we moved to Georgia. And that's been that pretty much. And uh, you you mentioned your dad uh, went to seminary. Uh, you grew up in a church family. I did a good old Southern Baptist preacher's home. Wow! And how uh, how was that? As uh, did did you find yourself uh, set set differently from the other kids? Oh yeah, no, I, that, yeah. From the get go, I went to first grade uh, the public school, private school. I went to the private school. Which at the time in 1980, uh, whatever, three, 82, 83, 84, uh, 11, no, it, can't be, it must be $1,100. can't be $11,000. I don't know. There's a lot of money, and the church helped pay for it at the time because it was the rich church. But the whole point is I went to school right. and uh, for one year as a first grader and was basically diagnosed with what we know now as ADHD. Oh. It was... Uh, 
I was a borderline genius and hyper. I was just super hyper and easily distracted. And they didn't have, I guess they didn't have terms for it then. Or, you know, school counselor might have just got their degree at Walmart. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, yeah, I did homeschool after that. So not only being the preacher's kid and literally growing up inside of the church, because every time the doors were open, we were there uh, doing homeschool. Wow. And that was that was in the 80s, you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. uh we still have the newspaper article where we were the only family in town, you know, doing it at the time. And uh Fox is not what it is now. Uh Fox had just started, so we had the big three, CBS, NBC, right. and ABC, right? And yeah. then Fox was coming around, so I'm eight, nine years old, somewhere in there. And we had a Fox affiliate in Albany, not Albany, that's the capital of New York, Albany, right. you know, is out uh, in South Georgia. But that's where the Fox affiliate was. And I remember doing an interview on one of their shows as an eight, nine-year-old talking about homeschooling. Wow. So, yeah, because I, I remember uh, those years and homeschooling was not common. No, uh, it really was any stretch. Wow. So, uh, so you were home all the time unless you were <laughs> in church. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and so, oh, uh, you had mentioned being kind of diagnosed as hyper did you end up doing what all the 80s kids did back then which was going on ritalin or did you not it was just a homeschool thing i think uh so diagnosis maybe not the right term uh being in south georgia we had one doctor in the town and they uh, also took care of the animals i think uh, that part i'm making up i don't know but <laughs> it was not it was not a progressive town and so the school counselor, you remember, Ben, I know it comes on TikTok all the time with that stupid puzzle that has all the shapes and the, the timers kicking down and you oh, got to yeah, put perfection. the shapes in. Yeah. yeah. That test is some other test that I did uh, for about focusing. And I don't know how they got that as a borderline genius. Uh, I mean, I don't remember all the tests, but basically that was the testing to say that I was ADHD. Oh, so what a diagnosis as much as, I don't remember, I know there's paper tests, all this other stuff, right, right. but they basically told my mom, or the way my mom relays it to me, is she always, she was proud of this, apparently, always harped on borderline genius, and then said I was easily distracted, and I was all, the complaints from the school was I was always talking and interacting with my classmates and even distracting them, right. and so even at some point, because I love to read, uh, they'd let me be under the table in the back of the room reading because I wasn't disturbing the other rest of the class and they could learn. But as soon as they'd separate me from somebody and give me work to do, I just ate through it and got it done. So I was bored. And at least my mom, I mean, I know I could do stuff. I remember, have some memories of that, but uh, my mom would tell me I was bored and maybe I was, you know, I, I, I don't know, but they didn't, I don't know when it became more common to get um, actual diagnoses, but I've never had any kind of therapy until I was an adult, Kurt. So, okay. you know, there's no therapy, no ADHD, no. Right. It was the belt and allergies, and that was it. Different times, different times. <laughs> oh, um, I learned I learned to focus. Right. You can't dodge. If you can dodge the belt, you can dodge the ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you uh, – Did now, how long were you homeschooled? Um, the rest of my high school career. Oh, so you went through so, high school, even? Yeah, I did. I did first grade, um, and then at, at public school, whatever it was. It wasn't public school. It was my mom was deathly terrified of public school. Okay, um, it was, I guess, the private school. But then, yeah, the rest of it. I wanted to go to high school because I wanted yeah. to go to prom. I wanted to to play football. I mean, obviously, I'm built for football, uh, and 
my mom enticed me, you know, because I always had the two sides of me, the the social side and the the genius side. And I always liked learning. And so she said, hey, you can get done early with high school if you stay home. And so it's almost like double dog dairy. I bet you can't. So I'll show you. And I did it. So, yeah, I graduated uh, doing it that way. Not easy path either because it really right. limited my um, my choices coming right out of high school as far as like military and colleges. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, and fast forward to adulthood, uh, you are now married with kids, right? So I'm told. So, so you're told, so, (laughs) so she told you, um, (laughs) and, uh, and how many kids do you have? Four. Four. And so what do they think of the rock God of podcasting at this point? I've got, I guess, I don't know what happened to them now that we moved, but they were on the wall for a very long time. But a few years ago, when my oldest, our young teenagers, maybe not quite teenagers, uh, Chick-fil-A for Father's Day did uh, a thing where you could bring the kids and they colored on these big posters and it had big things like my father is blank. His favorite food is blank, you know, all this stuff. And right. and uh, for my father is I think three out of four, I think Zoe's too young, but three out of the four put stuff on. They all put some version of famous because I have YouTube videos. <laughs> uh, so honestly, it, it's okay. So to kind of give, uh, well, for the Christians out there, give a little kind of example. Growing up in the Southern Baptist Church, we were in the biggest church in uh, um, not the South, uh, but um, South Georgia. Uh, first, you know, in the area, I don't know how it's measured by region or whatever. We had money. And so all the up and coming Christian artists at the time would come through and play the church. And then my dad, uh, being that he was the youth pastor and most of them, and most of them were youth oriented singers. I'll list them in the names in a minute. Um, We all go out to eat with them. Right. So I grew up with Amy Grant, Carmen, Michael Card, uh, Michael W. Smith, um, uh, Phil Keege, um, there's a keyboardist I can't think of right now. And so I never thought anything of it. And I kind of feel like my kids are the same way. They are, they, they know that I've been on stage with, with celebrities. They get to come to uh, dragon con, I brought them a couple of times, uh, other cons, uh, and where I go, I took them to karaoke, right? Karaoke right. at a bar. It's nothing, but that whole energy of the party and people coming up and kind of celebrating me, they just kind of get, used to it right. to the point that even today my daughter who is about to be yeah she's 16 now she'll be 17 in october uh she won uh this 4-h speaking competition she's a very good speaker nice uh for for 16 yeah she's no you know well, she's no rock god but you know it's all right uh <laughs> but she <laughs> she won that she'll be going to state for 4-h for her region and she's with this group called Morton Conquerors, and they were so impressed by it. They're going to put her up on a billboard. And nice. yeah, just like me, she's excited but not blown away, which right. I, I love. Yeah, I was like, hey, now go do great things because you can handle it. So very cool. All right, and you so- know, I had all you guys in my house. Call, you know, right. every that's Dragon true. Con, we fill the house with people, and and then we'll listen to the podcast and they go, Oh my God, that's Tony. Oh my God, it's Kurt. I'm like, I know those people. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do. You got to eat at the table with those celebrities. You're right. Yeah. We, we, we should let people know that you and I are friends outside of this podcast. Uh, but, but, uh, as long as I've been podcasting, I've pretty much known you and, uh, yeah. So we, we've known each other for years now. 
Um, Man, time flies, doesn't it? It really does. It really does. But okay, so now uh, you're you're 45 years old, yep, and you're the chief of operations for an ambulance service, yep. and you host a podcast called One EMS. Correct. Is that all. That all right. And, that is and all right. Let's let's all let's also mention that you are the digital media track director for uh, Dragon Con. Yep. Huge convention in. Uh, Keep rolling those kudos out. I'm. I'm, no, I'm, I'm just here saying. For it. You may, if we're going to mention the other stuff, we may as well mention that. That's may as not, well. It's not. It's not a small thing. So. So. Now we, you know, the podcasting aside, your professional life aside, um, there's a reason why I've asked you to this, uh, to this podcast, and and it is because you are on your own weight loss journey. Yes. And 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 if I'm guessing, probably have been for quite some time. Off and on. It, yeah. Off and on. Well, no, yeah, no, yeah, look. Yeah. Off and on is how those of us that are on weight loss journeys have been. What what's the rating for this show? Uh the rating is uh keep it clean. Okay. <laughs> I just I just heard Phil in my head about there's a joke to be told there. I shall leave right. it be. Yeah. Um, so so uh all of that being said, give me a little bit of a history as to uh how your how your weight has been growing up and and into adulthood and how that's worked for you. Uh for as long as I can remember, I've been overweight. Uh for as long, I mean, literally for as long as I can remember, I, I was a chunky kid at some point. Now I've always been athletic and I've always surprised people that way. Um, even to the point nowadays, I, I don't intend to, but I can sneak up on people. I just walk up and like, oh my God. And, <laughs> and like, yep, I'm the biggest ninja you'll never meet. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's, let's know. be fair. How tall are you? Six, seven. Yeah. So Charles is a very tall man. Um, and I'm loud and I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, it always true. It makes me You're laugh big, anytime I sneak up on somebody. Definitely a big personality. Um, yeah. so when, when you were a kid, you, you, you just said that you've always been a chunky kid or, or mm -hmm. overweight. How did you know? My mom reminded me incessantly. Okay. That's, and, that's... And, I, and I'm literally asking that of everybody because at some point, like, especially when we're kids, we don't know. We're just kids. Sure, yeah. Right? Somebody right. has to let us know. And sometimes that comes from kids on the playground making fun of you or your parents or your siblings. Um, did you have any siblings growing up? Not that I want to claim. Okay. But yes, I had a sister. No, yeah, no. Uh, I had a sister. We both were overweight. Uh, there was some point where average. But the thing is, I, I started growing early. Sure. Uh, height wise and we've got the big shoulders and everything else and people always tell me you carry your weight well and yes whatever i mean i i get it and i yeah, it's fine uh but i was always taller and bigger than the other kids right and of course you know as you're in that uh what eight not eight to twelve year old range you always have that depending on how you're built you have that little bit of a belly and everything right. and um the other kids every time not a lot but you know they would tease me and i'll be honest i blacked out a whole lot of my childhood um, but there was that, but then at a certain point in my life, well, my mom started putting on weight and then 
her damage kind of passed on through. And uh, looking back, if I had to say one little thing, it would be that I probably ate my feelings and I had lots and lots of feelings sure. as a kid. Um, so uh, I know at some point my sister started putting on weight. I didn't, I don't really remember, but she is uh, not healthy is the way I'll put it right now. Okay. okay. How did that, when, when you started growing, when you started getting into high school and whatnot, uh, you know, and granted, I know the homeschooling thing, but uh, how did that manifest itself for you? How did you um, gain weight, uh, lose weight? Did you Were you able to do any sports uh, in high school or how did that all work out for you? So I don't, I did not lose weight. I think at all, except for maybe when I was in college for a year. And then definitely when I really started what I'm doing now, uh, when Ryland's 10 now, but I think he was three or four. So I guess that's about seven ish years, give or take, uh, is always just kind of gain rate. And, and the doctor said, you had growing pains, like my knees hurt and different things and heels hurt. And, right. and the doctor said, you know, Hey, you'll grow. And that's fine. And, I was always active, man. Uh, growing up in the church, I played. Uh, we had this thing called R- Royal Ambassadors, which is like this Baptist version of, of Boy Scouts, but they also had sports. Okay. Uh, so I played basketball actively. I played community football. I played community baseball. Then I got older. When we were, when I was, how was I? Was it Tifton? It might have been Tifton. We started playing softball uh, from. 12 from age 12 to age 15 i was in tifton georgia and we may have started playing church softball then but i played softball from then all the way through i got out of college you know college years basically right and i have some stories about that but uh, yeah i was always active i played goal my favorite thing though being tall and and as spread out as i am because i am fairly proportionate for my size right uh, i played uh, junior league soccer Mm-hmm. And I was the goalie and I could literally do this. You know how hockey they'll tap the sides with their stick. Right. I could do that with my hands. So I do that to intimidate the team. I touch the sides and let's, let's go. Uh, so yeah, no, I was always active, but then I would eat on, un- I wouldn't say uncontrollably, but instead of helping me and boosting me, um, the short version is I remember, and I try to say it that way. Cause your know, memory is a, a funny thing and, and not everything's malicious, even though it felt like it's malicious sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do remember my mom fussing at me about how much I ate, but not helping me with that. If it makes sense, you know, like, Hey, here, here's some different food. Here's some different portions. Plus we grew up poor. So when I say we ate red beans and rice for three meals on a certain week, and then another week we eat Turkey and rice, a lot of rice. We did that. I mean, we legit ate a lot of starch and a lot of cheap foods and that doesn't help. No, no. Right. So, uh, was it a situation where, mom would fuss at you for being or or for how much you ate all the while filling your plate again um i had to clean my plate at dinner sure and i don't think i fuss at so we might get fussed at for like salt or ketchup or sauces um at dinner time but like most i remember making sandwiches and the thing is i've always been highly impressionable so I never should have been allowed to read Dagwood and Blondie because, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> you know, you know the sandwich is homemade, made. Right. Yep. And I, I don't know if I'd done it more than once because it's fuzzy, but I do remember getting 
lit up about essentially just layering so much meat and cheese and meat. And then my mom thought as punishment, she'd make sure I ate it. And so, of course, I know you know me as I am now. But when when you can imagine the the determination I have now to get things done, but you tell me no, I I will. I would at one point in my life, I'd absolutely hurt myself just to prove a point. And I did. I ate the whole damn sandwich just to, to prove her that I could. Right. I don't know. Uh, so I didn't. That's I think that's why I didn't really lose weight. I had a lot. There's a, a, a big tragic event when I was 12 as well that that was some damage that lasted for a very long time. Um, so eating felt good. So Even when I got yelled at. Okay, yeah, so two things actually play into the one. And there, there, well, one thing is both two things, whatever. Uh, growing up in the church, right? So this is the big, big church down in Camilla, um, rich church, white people church, uh, which I did not understand. And, and that's a whole other thing is is uh, I I like to say, even I know it's not a religious show here, and we don't, I, if you know me, you know I'm not a religious person. But I like to say that I understand faith and we can talk bigger ideals. But religion is is just bleep and bleep. <laughs> I helped you out there, Kurt. I think I know. Uh, I think I know what you're saying. And don't worry, and, this is going to be edited. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> I didn't understand why black people weren't accepted by by Jesus's people, all this other stuff. But we got to eat at the church every Wednesday night, and so I'm setting up the kind of negative there, and then the food. But the food was the worst. But again, we were poor, right? And I mean, part of the way the church paid their preachers was houses. So the, the main preacher lived on the grounds. Um, we had a church house off the church grounds, but they paid for all that. But we didn't have a lot of money. Right. And so every Wednesday night, instead of having to pay for dinner, we ate dinner for free as part of, of being included. It was always the cheapest, crappiest rice. I don't know how I didn't get good fried chicken. What is the worst fried chicken I've ever had in my life? <laughs> and unseasoned snap peas. And oh my God, Kurt. And 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 driest yeast rolls you'll ever have in your life. And the butter on the table is squares that you couldn't cut with a jackhammer. Yep. And they're room temperature and they're not melting. <laughs> so that that is part of what played in my uh, I, once I found food I like. I ate a lot of it because I hated eating all the stuff. I was forced to eat red beans and rice, fried bologna. Okay, I still like fried bologna and Kool-Aid and all that stuff. But uh but, fly, you know, fried bologna. Right. But cheap <laughs> hot dogs. I can't do cheap hot dogs. I can't do cheap sliced cheese anymore. My mom used to buy the cheapest sliced cheese and freeze it, and that changes the texture. Yes, all that being said, um going back to not understand why black people weren't at church and, and why there are certain things that were hated and I didn't understand, I thought Jesus was love. Long story short, it was a huge, this almost religion is full of politics. I don't mean Republican, Democrat. I mean, right, manipulating right. people in the church and you got to do my thing and so on. Actually so forth. politics. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, my dad did not go through with it. And this is in the age of Petra, for those of you who can date yourself by Christian music. But <laughs> ultimately, uh, the church threw us out on the street because my dad refused to get in line with the deacons and I, I think they were trying to run somebody out of the church and he just wouldn't do that. And so they ran him out of the church. And uh, that's when I, I went, you're, you're supposed to be Jesus. You're supposed to be love. And yet here I am literally getting put out on the street at 12. And so that, yeah. that combined pushed me into lots of damage and negative feelings and I hate horrible, cheap, stupid food. So when I get good stuff, I'm going to eat the crap out of it. 
And anytime I, and they just kind of tied together, I think. And anytime I felt bad, I know I could go make a triple bologna and cheese sandwich and be all right on wheat bread because we didn't have white breads. And guess what I eat now, Kurt? All the sunbeam I want. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. So, because uh, it, it sounds a little bit similar to my own journey where you get to a point where you can afford to buy your own food. So now you're buying all the stuff you couldn't have as a kid. Sugar right? cereals, man. Uh, white bread. Yeah. Junk, so, just junk food on top of junk food. So when when do you think uh, jumping jumping ahead to the actual weight loss journey that you're on? Okay. When do you think the first time you tried to lose weight was? Uh, I can't tell you a date, but I can tell you the moment. Okay. Um, it was when Ryland was a baby, so he was maybe he's a maybe wasn't even a toddler yet because I think I was taking him in a stroller out into the parking lot, which I mean that could be toddler age. So let's say he was two. Um, we would go to the public library because even then, library. Um, yeah. I hate when that comes out every once in a while. <laughs> you got to be talking about South Georgia. Now you're going to go to the library and drink some water. Um, so, <laughs> but my family, me and my family, I grew up in the public library. Besides church, that was my only out, right? Yep. I couldn't, the only way I got away from Jesus is when I got to go to the library and see the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. Uh, so, but loved reading. So I raised my kids that way and our library has comic books and all kind of great stuff in it. And there's one particular night in the early summer of 2015 ish. Cause I can't remember if Doe was born. Um, we were there and I just remember going, one of the little ones was getting bored while the others were still entertaining themselves on the computers. We, they had computers the kids could play on. So they'd right. go and sign up and do their own little programs and stuff. It's great. Uh, and walked across the parking lot with this stroller and was out of breath, man. Mm. And our morning mod and I had done a show, uh, pretty sure at that time we were doing a show called success freaks. And he was the first person to say something in a, constructive way i mean it still hurt my feelings sure and i still basically told him to f off but uh he said yo look I, I, he's skinny uh if you see the tortuga twins it's Raphael tortuga yep. and so his whole thing is you know they get shirtless and they always work out and so they can do all this performance and so he's a skinny guy and he's like look man uh, i care for you i want you to be around for a long time we're partners uh business partners we're doing the show together and, and all this other stuff and you know I he said he didn't say I'd like to see you lose weight. He said I'd like to see you be healthy. Right. And I I tried to keep it open mind. I did kind of tone off a little bit, but I mostly got the spirit of it. So that was a probably in the spring before this, maybe a month before this. And when I walked across the parking lot and I'm out of breath, I'm like, now this is I got he's right. I got this is not good. Right. And so that's when I started trying to figure out anything I could about losing weight. Okay. So that, and that's relatively recent. I mean, really just seven, uh, eight years. Yeah. 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 No, I was, I was all through my paramedic years dude, up to 380. Now I got to college. And the reason I think I lost some weight at college is I can only afford to eat at the cafeteria as part of my school plan. Right. And we had to, on is a smaller campus, Bob Jones university in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, you, you, if you were, unless you were a senior, you couldn't have a car on campus because the small campus had limited 
parking. Right. So I had to walk everywhere. So I probably lost a little bit of weight then, but not on purpose, if you will. Uh, but I would come back and I'd play softball. So I'd be 370, 380 pounds, six foot seven, obviously fat. And this one night, um, my, I learned this concept from my dad. I don't know how you teach it. So I don't know how you could really teach it to me, but somehow I learned how to predict where the ball was going as soon as it hit the bat and okay. just was on it. And this one night we didn't have a, was it left fields, the big fast field. You have to put skinny people in. Yep. Think, yeah. So that when I said, I'll do it. And they're like, look around. Nobody else wanted to do it. It's so like, all right, fine. And the thing was, I blew everybody's mind because I could figure out where the ball was going. And I just honed in on it like a missile. I could get ahead of the ball. So if you went long and deep, I owned you all day long. But then they start realizing that once they got past the surprise of the fat dude can outrun the softball, they started dropping it short. And I can, they hadn't me then. Right. 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 So <laughs> being active and stuff, it, it was like, but that was, I was 380 something pounds all through my paramedic career, all through all those exercises. I played ultimate Frisbee for a while during my college years, you know? Yeah. That was having my third kid and being out of breath. Was and would it. you say about three eighty was about your heaviest? That I know of. If but I was you, no, that's if fair. I was over that's that, fair. I would have lost it before that. But the heaviest I saw on a scale was uh, three eighty. I do believe. Yeah, yep. I and, and I, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I'm pretty sure that most people that I've talked to, we we get there right. It's like you know that you weighed heavier at some point. You don't want to know what the number is, <laughs> <laughs> but but once you got on the scale you knew that wasn't necessarily your heaviest ever. Yeah. It's different for everybody, but, but, uh, but I, but I see that pretty, pretty regularly. So, okay. So when you first became aware of that and you made the decision to start losing weight, how much weight did you end up losing and how long did that last? I think I got down to just under 310. Like, I think I saw 308 or something like that. And I, I was very excited about it. There's pictures uh, where, you know, my face shaped up and I look like a different person. And, and while every once in a while, I'll see a picture now of that time. And, and God, I don't quite, it's almost like, you know, Kevin Smith, right? After he lost all that weight real quick, right. you're like, man, I don't recognize you. But I do, but I don't. Right. It kind right. of felt like that. He looks like a caricature of himself. And, I a hundred percent used my wife as a crutch and started eating again. So at about that range, I was in the three fifteen to three ten range, you know, lowest in my life that I knew of at that the lowest I'd ever right. been. And I was using my fitness pal and just trying to wing it. And that's so frustrating. Because yep. especially then, this is in the early days of my fitness pal. Uh and you couldn't figure out what the calories were in a lot of things. So it was just a lot of unknown. It's frustrating. I was probably eating way under what I was supposed to because I was never I felt guilty about going over all this crap. But there was, I was getting, I was wanting to get into the acting was starting to come to Atlanta, you know, movies and, and TV and stuff. And I was wanting to get into that world. So I was hunting down every opportunity I could find. And uh, one of these weight loss shows was recruiting. Mm. And so, um, my wife and I agreed to to talk to him and, and try out for it, and whatnot. And we did some interview process and and uh, 
send in some pictures because they're doing the before pictures so and get the after. Right. I can't even remember what the premise is or was of that show. I have no idea if it ever got aired because apparently that's how things go. They start building pilots and try to shop the idea around. Right. Um, but I do remember my wife being very upset having to pose, uh, you know, in her underwear essentially for the the pictures. Right. Yeah. And, um, and they wanted to kind of get some of your nasty habits. And so, I, we recorded one night. Uh, we didn't do it often. I mean, we, we ate late at night way too often and junk food way too often. It was just sure. kind of our wind down thing. And that's not good. But we did like this Arby's Taco Bell run. I think there might have been some Chick-fil-A in there too. And and it just struck me as really, really gross and not what I wanted to do. And then she was very upset or not very upset, but she was, I knew I was making her feel bad mm. before this because she would comment about my weight in a positive way, but not, you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and you could tell that she felt bad about her way, or at least I felt like she felt bad. I mean, again, I think ultimately I said it correctly. I used her as a crutch. I, I, I went, you know, I don't want to make her feel bad. So then I just started snacking again. And I, th- so I think I maybe did a year, year and a half. I mean, I tried the 200 sit up. You remember the 200 sit ups? Yep. in the early 2000s yep. that that did that in the push-ups i did well with that until i got sick and i stopped doing it for a good week two weeks and then i just never did it again yeah you know i had a treadmill in my house for a while did it for weeks if not months and then just stopped doing it for whatever reason that um, became a really good clothes hanger clothes hanger right yep. every time um and so I, I just remember that moment of her saying something. And she, I don't think she ever intended anything by it. I think we actually talked about it later at some point. And I said something about it. And she's like, she felt bad for even saying anything. I don't know. But it wasn't her. It was absolutely, I guess I'd just done it enough. I was frustrated. I just used an excuse to get out. And so I ended up getting just about up to 350 again over a couple of years. And uh, that was when I was like, hmm. I'm not going to do that. And I want to say last, so October 20th. So yeah, last a year ago, January. Uh, so was that what's 2022, January, 2022, yep. um, you know, as, as they do, everybody puts on ads and stuff. And I was getting out of the broke mindset, which that's a whole nother thing when you're talking about weight loss and you're talking about eating right and being healthy, that broke mentality will will hold you back right uh, but i was coming out of that so i went you know what it was just after covid noom was hurting so they had really dropped their their prices down right. and i just wanted to understand more yeah and so when they talk about the psychology of it i signed up for i didn't know i was only signing up for 10 months but the, the with the deal they come in it's under 200 dollars. yeah uh, but i got mm, 10 months for 200 bucks basically didn't quite hit my goal. And I, I honestly don't understand why other than I wasn't walking or exercising, but I was eating right, right. and everything. And it just, I don't know. My goal was to hit three. I think, I think it said at one point I could hit cause my goal, my ultimate goal was 285 somewhere in there. Right. And Newman said I could get to three, like three Oh five, three ten by dragon con. Okay. Like, oh man, that's going to be great. I didn't. I got a three twenty something, you know, three thirty somewhere in there, but I'm I'm okay. But that's that's the long short of it all. Yeah. So uh, now uh, you're you're uh, currently part of what what I affectionately like to call uh, the grinders. 
uh, where where a bunch of us on TikTok uh, who are kind of helping to encourage each other um, with their own weight loss journey. Um, when when did you start things back up again? And and where what was your starting weight this time around? So it would have been back in January of of twenty two when I started up again. Okay, so so uh, it's been con- constant on and off, but constant like this effort has been so since January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, like I said, getting back up maybe is it blurs, but I want to say it was last year. So uh, no. 21 it would have been 21 okay uh, i just remember certain things going on um so i got on i'd gotten back at about 350 and i just i don't know man it's the matrix right it, it's it's just sometimes moments hit and sometimes thoughts are like now's the time you know i hadn't thought about losing weight in a while i'd try to eat healthier but the and this time what was different was I, I truly wanted more understanding. I didn't want to just lose weight. I wanted to fully understand. So I'd looked at more things. I looked into the keto. Um, I, medically speaking, what I read about keto, I there wasn't enough there for me to go, yeah, this is going to work. Sure. I, I didn't like the ideas of it. And they said, you got to be careful about glucose and all this other stuff with it. Um, but the Noom, they it taught a whole lot of psychology. And I started shifting into, oh, hey, if nothing else, if nothing else, it gave me a list of foods that I could really start with. And they basically said, eat as much as you want, like apples right. And, right. and carrots and all these vegetables I like and this and another. And then, then it gave me yellow foods. And then it gave me the red foods. And the thing about Noom was and, and this is obviously not sponsored but unless you get a sponsorship by name then awesome that'd be great <laughs> right, right. you know uh that would be fantastic the psychology the test because i'm a learner man i will dive yeah. in i'll hit those milestones i will eat it up until the, re- the reality connection breaks and when it right. breaks i just like yeah i don't understand it anymore um but having at least that list to start from of oh now I understand that better than I understood. I got to where I stopped counting the calories, to be honest. Is you it were got just to concentrating on the color of, of the foods. So, because I've, I've done Noom as well. I've done a Noom a couple of times. And I know that one of the things that they talk about is the uh, low caloric density foods. Yeah, satiety. Where, where, sa- sa- yeah, yeah for that. satiety reasons as well. But things that, you know, that are, uh, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say lettuce, but that's clearly not the only one. But lettuce, Apples low, low amount thing. of calories for the giant yeah. volume that you can have, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and so, and and having done the Noom program a couple of times, the having the psychology end of things, it it wasn't your typical weight loss program, right? It was, it was there was some um, definitely some psychology they were tapping into, but di- but different from just their approach, just a bit of a different approach for them. Um, so, so if we kind of fast forward to now, what's your current plan now? What's your, well, where, where are you right now in terms of, you know, if you were up to 375, 380 at the beginning of that journey, where are you at right now? Uh, okay. It's so back in June. Yeah. 373. I got down to 310, got back up to 350. That's so depressing. Um, I am, I am holding steady no matter what I do as far as eating wise, I'm holding steady at uh, roughly the three twenties ish. And, you know, my daughter wants to go do some workout stuff at the local park. We have a a rec park uh, here. 
And um, so I'm probably gonna do that with her. I've done some workouts with with when you know, we had reasons to go over there. Uh, but yeah, holding at 320, and also you're looking at the different things that are out there. I end up doing some intermittent fasting for a while because I've never been a breakfast person. I like okay. breakfast food, but I hate eating in the morning. It's just not my thing. Although, you know, all science says you should eat a little something. So I'll talk about that in a second. But I'm a big coffee drinker. Love yeah. my coffee. And it's an appetite suppressant. It's like, oh, cool. I can drink my coffee and in the morning and I can drink it again for lunch double win and then i can have a good dinner my my personal eight hours was like 4 p.m to midnight yep and the reason is because i like to get high at night and then that makes you want a snack so i'm trying to save my calories for that which is not healthy but it's healthier well at least at least there's some thought behind it right yeah yeah. that's the that is the thing kurt is the first time i started losing weight it was to lose weight and all i could do is just feel lost and, and try to fumble my way through this time it was very much thought driven, understanding the why of what I'm doing right. and seeing how that works. Cause I'm a puzzle master, man. I'm just like, Oh, this piece does this piece and that turns there. It's, okay. Now I can make that work. And uh, so I experimented with a lot of apples It made my wife happy because she gets bored cooking the same thing. So now wow. it's all kind of vegetables in the house and she can cook up different vegetable dishes. I love a good curry. We actually got, um, I think she got in it at the library at first and we ordered a copy uh, plant you, I think it's what it's called. And it's a vegan uh, cookbook, but there's a lot of good recipes because you know, we're trying a bunch of different stuff Yeah, and we found a lot of good recipes in there. And I would not say I'm vegan or vegetarian because I definitely like my fish and some decent chicken. They are um, pretty good. I'm just going to say, <laughs> but yeah, you talking about that, that, that green with the lettuce. So I've always loved salads. I've always liked good vegetables with seasoning. So Man, I mean, there's times where I just eat this huge bowl of just, I love mushrooms and everything. It's mushrooms, right. red peppers, and it's got all kinds of seasonings and flavors, and it is like 300 calories, and you, you can eat piles of it, and it's so good. And same with, I have found recently, man, I got back into it. It's spring, when uh, roughly when we're recording this. So that means Valentine's Day has come. Easter is about to hit at the time right. of this recording, which means all my favorite candies are on sale. And so we get them and my dumb butt puts them on the couch next to me instead of leaving them in the other room and bring a bowl. Right. Right. So by finding even then, even then I'm going, this isn't satisfying. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually building up the sugar. I don't like that much sugar. Now, you know, it's, it's like overwhelming and going and getting an apple kills it. It just, it's fresh. It's, you go, it's um refreshing is the word I'm looking for. Right. And I can eat it. And I feel full. It's, Learning that just having it lock in psych- psychologically has made all the difference. Right. What and where you said you're you're currently around in the three twenties. Mm-hmm. And so how are you actually uh tracking not your weight? I mean, that's easy. You, you jump on a scale, but <laughs> but uh how are you tracking your foods or what what are you doing? What is your current program? I just keep living the way it taught me to live, to be honest. Um once I liked how Noom tracked it, and once it ran out, it just kind of mentally. And I'll tell you why I quit Noom in a second. Sure. But once I let it expire, mentally, I was just kind of done with it. And I think I can still use a tracker, and I actually really like their tracker versus uh, uh my fitness pal's tracker. Right. Um, but I just, I still 
do a little, I don't do breakfast. I just can't make myself do breakfast. Sure, sure. I drink my coffee, but I found where I need some energy in the day and I'm actually getting hungry. I taught a class for three weeks and it just took more out of me. So I keep uh, packs of nuts and whatnot. So I'll eat some of that because again, it's low calorie, but it's also good protein and it gets right. your system going, which I found that, you know, not to be grotesque or anything, but getting your system going is a good thing when you're trying to yep. lose weight. Yep. Um, and, and it, I don't have to eat much of it. Um, so, but I, I just, I still keep the bulk of my eating towards dinner. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't turn down food. Like if someone wants to take me to lunch, I'll go to lunch, but I'll eat, you go to Mexican, they usually Mexican place has a great vegetarian quesadilla. Uh, it's just so much seasoning and flavor and cheese in it. Cheese is of the devil, but it's so yep. good. Yeah, it is uh, good. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I drink a lot of water. I love Coke Zero. Uh, that's my 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 go-to for soda. Uh, I'll allow myself if I want a Dr. Pepper at night, I'll drink one. Yep. You know, uh, light beer if I drink a uh, beer. Um, just honestly, the easy choice is water. It, you, yeah. I don't do tracking, but you know about the system. It's just go with what feels good, and just it takes forgiving yourself. It takes working through the why of how you feel the way you feel. But let, Noom really helped me let go of the guilt. Sure. And they said, it's okay. To, I'll tell you in my last 24 hours, man, last 24 hours of eating. Um, so I had, to, I had some nuts. I had some uh, salt and pepper cashews for lunch basically yesterday and coffee. Okay. Uh, and now normally I'm drinking coffee with sweet and low, by the way. I've, right. I've dumped creamer. I've gotten to where I, I drink it black with sweet and low in it. Um and that's a low calorie intake and uh, you know i like it uh so i had some of that but every once in a while like, i went to starbucks we were at the dragon con meeting yesterday and starbucks is in the hotel i got a venti caramel macchiato so a little bit more calories got with oat milk so less calories um then we went to outback and ate half a blooming onion and loved every second of it <laughs> and then uh today ate a few nuts for lunch um then came home we had soups for dinner I had a nice bowl of soup with croutons and cheese and one nice broccoli soup and then a, a nice medium-sized dairy queen blizzard you know and just enjoy the crap and you know last time i had dairy queen three or four months ago last yeah. time i had a blooming onion three or four months ago so i'm gonna enjoy it when it's time to enjoy it a couple of weeks ago with the beer bourbon barbecue festival i have no idea what i ate and i drank a whole lot of bourbon yeah. and i felt good about it and guess what the next day i just go right back into my pattern i built those habits of coffee nuts or, or fruit or something for lunchish and then a decent healthy dinner or if i want a blooming onion well yeah blooming onion right well that that is the key right i mean i think that um for me this time around one of the things i promised myself is that i wouldn't deprive myself yeah now, now what that means really is that no foods are off the table now that might right. mean that i have a slice of pizza instead of a pizza um yes right but then i won't feel bad about it and just get back on the journey right and and so i think that your approach to that is uh probably pretty healthy um i personally couldn't do it the way that you're doing it because i need more structure in my journey i i need to like i'm i'm really really meticulous about tracking everything 
And so I have to track everything. I weigh myself every day. I track all my foods by weight and, and calories and, 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 but that's me. That's the way no, no, I've and, been able to do that. And that's actually the way I did it for a while. Noom yeah. taught me that. And that the whole scale anxiety thing. Um, I don't get on the scale very much now because we have a much smaller bathroom sure. and I, I just feel like I'm doing okay. And I will do it every couple of weeks or so, but it's not because I'm dreading it or I don't want to see it. I'm actually happy when I see it come up. Well, I'd like to, of course, see it less, but when I go for three or four weeks between weighing and I'm not tracking my foods, I'm just living. And I still see it come up 325, 326, 323. I'm good. Yeah. You know, um, it, where we have, we moved and where we have to store it now is just kind of inconvenient. I could do it, but you have to build the habits. And my wife even asked me uh, yesterday how it was going. And I said, I feel like it's fine. You know, I do check my weight. My weights were, I'm okay with it. Right. And I do try to walk more. I try to park in the back and parking lots because I, I just, I'm all for leaning into what's good. Right. Um, but you absolutely have to build the habits and I have felt myself slipping just a little bit here lately because the, like I said, the candies and the chips that we kept around, but the, what made me happy was realizing even in my unsober state, I want an apple. I don't want any more chips. They're not doing, and I only take two or three and go, no, this isn't good. It's not working right. for me. Right. It's not that it's not good, bad. This isn't satisfying me. It's not working. Right. Right. Um, but man, you hit it. That whole, the, the first time around was that private. And I felt so frustrated because how do I count the calories? I just, my wife made this meal and I, I don't know. How do I figure it out? How do I do this? I, dude, I thought air had calories at one point. You, once you realize what's got right. calories in it, like, oh my God, I'm breathing. <laughs> you're not, you're not breathing calories, but it, it was so overwhelming. The reason I left new coming back to that was, yeah. One of the things I really, really looked forward to when I signed up was having a mentor, having yes. somebody to actually give me answers or challenge me or guide me. I don't need randos. I'm not talking about the, the support groups, but that would have been okay too. Yeah. But the reason I don't like support groups is I end up leading groups. I mean, you've been around me. It's just the way it is. Right. I don't like that. I wanted a one-on-one -on -one mentor to say, hey, good on you. Here's some suggestions. Let me challenge you. Did you get your steps in this week? So on and so forth. And because I guess it was covid it didn't happen. I kept getting a few uh, messages like it's yeah. coming. You're getting set with a coach. Um, I actually had paid extra for something like a one-on-one -on -one session, yeah. which immediately got kicked back and said, Hey, we're sorry. It's COVID. We can't do that. But here's Amazon gift card, you know, to go get whatever you want um, type of deal. Um, so I felt like the value was fine. I felt like Noom really helped me. And I think I would have stuck with it if I could have had that human aspect. And yeah. I understand it is COVID. Otherwise, you probably would have charged double what I paid right. to be in it right. because you got to cover an overhead. But I, I just I like what you're doing with the grinders. Yep. I just personally need if I'm going to do if I'm not going to be my own coach, I need a coach. You know, somebody sure. said, I see your life. I see what's going on here's how I can help you get where you want to be. Right. Well, there's certainly, there's a bunch of those guys uh, out there. It's, uh, you know, it's just a matter of, of cost. Cause it's always, it's always a cost situation. Fair so, I mean, it's time and energy. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. You yeah. know? So, all right. So you have said in, I, in the questionnaire that I had you fill out um, that your goal weight uh, was 285. Yeah. Is I think that, so. Is yeah, that yeah. still fair. Yeah. I think. 
And what what do you do you have a date in mind when you might want to hit that? Do you have a any kind of a like an end goal? Um, no, because here's the thing: it's not my goal, and that's the thing about life. Okay, why did I get heavy? Because I got taught somewhere, some way. I absorbed a lesson to right. eat my feelings. And then it got reinforced and reinforced by fat jokes and mostly was inside the family. And we talked about getting fussed at. I, I remember specifically making the sandwich, getting yelled at, not getting cared for, right? In retrospect, right? right? What I do with my kids, I don't say, hey, stop eating that. Don't do bad for you. I say, hey, you've had enough sugar. Let's have some carrots. Let's see some. And here's why. And I'll even say, look at me. Do right. you want? to look this way do you think i want to look this way look at you i'd rather look like you because you don't have the damage i had so yeah uh so all that being said it was just reinforced 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 but it was somebody else's message right the message i got was absorbed i'll say absorbed you know without placing blame because I, I don't know exactly how it came through and i don't think it was intentionally came through this way was you're fat and you're unlovable so the date is I don't know, man. Um, I'd love for it to be tomorrow. I would love, honestly, I would. I'd love to walk in to DragonCon and have everybody basically not recognize me. And I kind of hit that moment here recently, even though I mentally know I'm still in the 320 range. I'm maybe I'm happier. Maybe I'm I'm eating better, so it's shaping differently. Uh, even though it's the same physical weight, maybe I'm building a little bit more muscle. But whatever. Um, but I had multiple people over this last weekend say they've noticed my weight loss and it looks great. And I had actually one person asked me what I was doing. I went, great. nothing, just, just pizza and beer, man. Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, worst. so yeah, I no, can, so, I can try that. Well, so, I mean, look, I, I want it to be, I want it to be your, uh, you know, your choice obviously um but because i know we're gonna see each other at dragon con this fall uh that's I the plan stan it'd be neat to kind of uh revisit at that point maybe do an in-person interview at dragon con uh what you know not necessarily in a panel or anything like that but you know in your house <laughs> or or in sure, your yeah, hotel. Yeah, yeah. um and and uh and kind of kind of do a do a catching up from this episode and just see you where you're at. I, I think, I think that'd be, uh, that'd be really good. And it would certainly help people who are watching slash listening kind of know how you're doing, um, as a catch up. I like it. Um, I'm very much looking forward to, to seeing you, uh, at dragon con, but I really want to thank you for coming on here and, uh, helping pilot this, this, uh, podcast i guess for lack of a better term uh the show and um what the one thing i'd like to ask you is if you could speak to your chubby little self when you were a kid what advice would you give with regards to food and weight and all of that if you you know hindsight being 2020 what would you say to that person I would try, honestly, I, I have raised my kids like I was talking to my younger self. I I would try to explain to them it's okay to push back when you're not hungry. 
you know, and we've never done that. We've never done clean the plates. We've done. You have to try this food. If you don't sure. like it, spit it out. Well, even buy you a whole nother thing. So that actually has taken the kids eat all kind of vegetables. They will. They will. We can bring in little Debbie's. Little Debbie's will be gone in like a week, two weeks. We can bring in a bowl of fresh fruit. And it's gone in hours. So mm-hmm. I love that balance now. So that that kind of thing of just telling my kids, hey, this stuff actually really feels good. The greats. Well, we didn't have fresh fruit growing up. We're poor. So it'd be like, you know what? I don't know. You know, I, I would try to find, because I haven't had to deal with that with my kid and I barely have dealt with it myself of how do you replace feelings with, I mean, 20 plus years of, of self-awareness. You know, how to replace feelings so you don't eat them, kind of you know, how you deal with stuff. Um, honestly, I would have to talk to my parents. I'd be like, get him some help. He has PTSD. He has or whatever trauma factor is going on from being put out on the street by Jesus himself, basically. Right. And, you know, there's there's a lot going on here that you've got to help him with. Um but yeah, as far as that, just you're okay, man. It's, it's your love. Well, I mean, that might be enough, right? I mean, that, it, that, that, that's what it thing. is now. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that, that all sounds great. Um, okay. I think, uh, we're, we're, uh, wrapping things up. So, Charles, where can people find you? Uh, I love, I stole this from Brian Ivett. You can Google me, Charles McFall. And I come up before the French bicyclist, but after the stupid character from Family Guy and uh, rock out a podcasting across social media. My um, pet project right now is Pokemon Go podcast. And Joe and I are working on another project there. Uh, that's easy advice to give on TikTok, which is very hit or miss. Uh, and I'm going to actually ask some advice on that from you, Kurt, here after the recording. Uh, so, yeah, just you, you at the time of listening, you never quite know I'm into. I'm always at Dragon Con, right? I, I plan on being the director there for a while uh, still. And one EMS, we are one EMS is uh, one of my big passion projects that we're trying to turn into a 501c3 nonprofit and uh, really, really build there. And it's it's. It's taking some construction. And Kurt, the one that you want to be on that, by God, you beat me to. You got me on your show before I had you on. Finding the stories, uh, which which is one of my favorite things to do. Um, so you can, you can find finding the stories out there. Thank you so much. I do appreciate you coming on. And uh, we will definitely revisit with you. And just to kind of see where you're at later on. Have a good evening. And we will see you next time. So there you have it. That was Charles. I hope you found something in his story that may relate back to your story. If you're at all interested in telling your story with me, please shoot me an email at plussizestories at gmail.com or shoot me a DM on Twitter, plussizestories. We will see you again next time. Go Grinders.